Blog Talk Radio. I welcome to the meal and hosting Baker Psychic Hour. We had some internet problems to go wherever we're getting on the air, but here we are. I resolved them, thank goodness. We're such internet experts, the two of us. Yeah, I, I'm surprised at how skillful we are. Technically speaking, we, we, we just might breaking the sound barrier. Right, I guess so. And we very rarely have an afternoon show, but here it is. And um, I'm sure this will be, you know, the White House has been alerted, and everyone knows we're on the air, and we have quite a lot. Of yeah. But we're going to make some of you wait now while we discuss some of the topics at hand. Um, yeah. Which we feel are of all importance. They, they are vital importance. Also, the phone number is of vital importance, 914-338-0164 is the call number. And we um, would love it if you let us know you'd like to speak with us by pressing 1. Press 1 on your keypad. That signifies that you want a reading or want to chime in. Now... What what I think is one of the big topics of anyone's life, if if you're going well, there's really no topic but pleasure, and life is easy. On the flip side of the coin is what one's burdens are, you want to call them that. Burdens, responsibilities, uh, responsibilities is sort of euphemism for uh, Sort of a cleaned up way of saying uh, burden. Responsibilities could be children, be job, debts, payments. Maintain, maintaining a home. Yeah. Those could be responsibilities. Take care of health. What is the difference between a responsibility and a, even though the two shake hands at times? But what is the true essence of a burden? What does a burden really mean? Aside from being a responsibility, a responsibility has a certain sense of commitment in it. It's something that you're responsible for doing, but at the same time, it's something that you make one elect to do, or you find it's a necessity in your bills, electricity, gas. Responsibility, taking care of your children, taking care of your home, 
your health. But that's different than burden. A burden is something that's placed upon oneself that shouldn't be there. It's not categorized as necessarily it's a burden. I can hear a burden in the distance right now. Yeah. There's birds. Um, it, 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 look. But when you have a a burden, now we start to define what that burden is, how it has become part of one's life. Did you bring it on or did it just fall upon you? A burden. So a burden, now when we start to switch gears, a burden can be you're in an accident and you can't get up. That's not a responsibility. That's a burden. And everything that follows that burden, doctor appointments, bills, missing work, can't go out. Now it's not a responsibility. It's a burden, but it it has a blanket of responsibility in it. And maybe you were drunk driving. Maybe somebody hit you broadside. But that would be a burden. Um, well, it gets a little bit off color. You, you pull over somebody, and they have children, have their own children that affect the other party's well-being, drug-addicted children. They have nothing to do with the with the subject of the love affair or the relationship, but now it becomes a burden upon the person and or her kid. Now, but it's a drastically affecting the relationship, that burden. So, of course, you know, you get the idea that what is a burden? Um, but it's a, it's not a, it's not a really justifiable responsibility. It's not a typical responsibility. It's a burden. And some of us have more burdens than others. Some of us are laden or overwhelmed by burdens because all we ever, all one ever does is face problems and they don't even feel like they deserve them. It's not something that is part of life. Yeah, but it gets confusing. I mean, think about having the responsibility, say you are married to someone, for example, and then that person gets sick and the burden of taking care of that individual falls on the spouse and is that a responsibility or a burden? That's a responsibility. responsibility. That's yeah. a responsibility because, because it follows on your relationship with your life. Exactly. So that is under the category of right. responsibility. But it can, like I said, it can be confusing because the person may define that responsibility as a burden because it is taking away from their normal flow of life. It, it, I mean, there there's colorations and there's deviations. What did we get to that? You know, we can argue about. No, I understand. You know, that. We don't have to argue about anything. Problematic situation. But more defying, a burden would be a landlord who has a tenant and now they're not paying. And they become a burden. It's, it's above and beyond the responsibility of caring or, or facing one's um, 
potential natural obligation to do something. So a burden is, is something kind of extraordinary. Now, interesting enough, um, in terms of the presidency, we talk about burdens. Now, are those burdens or those responsibilities? I don't put them as burdens. They're responsibilities. He elected to be president, and so he's taking on the responsibility of being president, and they, they cannot be defined, uh, defined as burdens. And yet, in the week, the magazine, the week, the big cover issue is Biden's burdens. No. Biden's yeah. responsibilities. But it does say Biden's burden. Yeah. yeah. So Biden's responsibilities. These, these are his responsibilities. These are not his burdens. Misquote. But again, journalistically speaking, well, the, the it's language, a catchy, right? it's a catchy title for an article. Well, it's a catchy title, and it makes for a nice alliteration and whatnot. And one can argue their burdens because. They are contrary to the vision of America. He thought you would restore his burden. So one could argue they're still burdens. Yes, they're burdens to the extent of defining that he has these problems to face. But that would be like saying, well, you have a child, and now the child's been um, arrested for alcohol driving, under the influence, hit a pedestrian, wounded them. Now, is your child a burden? Responsibility. Responsibility. See, the, Responsibility. The, a burden should be stripped of any of any contingency of responsibility. It, a burden should stand on its own definition. But it's difficult Nothing. because, I mean, you know, in getting back to your example of the landlord with the that doesn't pay. I mean, the landlord is responsible for maintaining the property, taxes, uh, mortgage, etc. And if the tenant, if the tenant isn't responsible about occupying his property, his or her property, with a tenant that is um, going to pay the bills, etc. I mean, yes, the tenant is a burden, but the responsibility ultimately falls upon the landlord to assume uh, the cost of maintaining well, sure, the property. It can be watered the... down and find its clear clarity. But, you know, if one spouse is in the hospital and the spouse has to um, make up for the, for the loss of, of, of immediate attention or availability, one doesn't say, well, my wife has burdened me. It's my it's my responsibility to take care of things while she's sick or while he's sick. You don't say, well, this is a burden on me. Because a burden is impartial to emotion in terms of a love. A burden is something that we have inherited or acquired that we don't really, it's, it takes us out of the mainstream of life. So, yeah, you could argue that, well, my husband or wife or my child's in the hospital, and this is a burden on me because I have to work double time or I have to, I can't, go, I can't go home and relax. I have to go over to the hospital. It's a burden. I mean, you see, the word itself gets scrambled up even in trying right. to find this pure uh, clarity. But 
Nonetheless, we have to define at some point what is a real burden and keep, because the word will influence the mind and the mind will influence the behavior. So if one is attuned to the clarity of thinking, one will say, no, it's my responsibility. Because, it, because when that term is applied, the effort to reduce it is heartfelt. A burden comes with a heavier weight. It's a burden. So obviously, you know, we can keep switching gears and seeing the burden as being a part of responsibility or something apart from responsibility and making sure that we keep the distinct words in, in their proper category. Now, for those of you listening, the idea of how does one define a burden in one's lifetime when you're looking at a birth date? How do you define the bills and the relationships apart from apart things from that the, happen exactly, that you weren't expecting yeah. and they are, quote, in our definable term, a burden? Well, uh, believe it or not, come in with a destiny. Well, it would be a karmic destiny. Karmic destiny. Karmic destiny, not a destiny destiny. Like, yeah. you know. call it karma. Right, because, I mean, the ultimate, that true destiny, you're talking about destiny with like a capital D, or destiny with a lowercase d. Destiny involves, you know, like becoming a world leader different than an average person having a destiny to have burdens in well, life. Well, some of them are overwhelmed with burdens because of the past life behaviors. Um, some of them come in disinterested and isolated and ostracized and, and, and their life is nothing but a constant struggle for breath from the moment they wake up the moment they wake up. You know, and you look at, I was seeing somebody in the, in the computer world who was a terrible tumor on their face where their whole face just disappeared. They had one little school and somewhere in the heavy excessive skin was their mouth. I mean, it, they were literally Disfigured, completely disfigured by a And you can imagine getting to the age of um, a teenager or an older teenager. uh, Having to assimilate society. Right. Difficult. You know, in our world, how do you, you know, in one world, how do you define it? You medically say, well, this happened during birth or this was genetic or hereditary. Um, there was an accident, something like that, or say, well, it's just what it is, but he's our little, or she's our little. Yeah, that's another, it's a, it's a, the fact that you said a little angel is a good, uh, uh, it, it connects to the having a lot of times people will say, well, you know, God, you any more than you can handle. And that's that's the attitude, which is probably a good attitude to have if you're burdened with something, because then you're facing it with a more uh, with a higher sense uh, or a higher well, attitude. You know, uh, How-
It's about God giving something to handle. I, I don't ascribe to, to that well, theory. Well, there's you a know. major um, flaw in that. Not from you, but there's a major flaw like God, you know, is sits there. Right, exactly. You have cross-eyed There is an element of karma that at least in this hour, we believe, is part of the process of how we emerge, how we appear on the planet Earth. We have a, we have a preconditioned existence, preconceived existence that on some, well, ushers in our right. current situation. Yeah, on so some it, levels, obviously. To be more directly quotable, the idea that God doesn't throw out sticks and decides it's going to get stabbed. Who isn't? Right, or random. the idea. Well, even the. I mean, it. I think it goes that that statement is less about randomness than it is that God is saying, "Well, you know, you, you your soul can take a lot. I'm going to send you to Earth and send you in this life like you're on some kind of mission." That's not how it works. It's not how no. it works. God's not assigning people with missions, you know, and and saddling them with burdens because, you know, they're doing, you know, he's just... Well, you know, I mean, I think it's sometimes it can be defined as just a matter of survival. God, God, God won't give you any more burden to handle. Maybe that can be defined as just survival or the idea doesn't give you anything you can have really defined as a person's attitude regarding their burdens. It's just right. so an, a, exactly the, the right. attitude exactly. the attitude either softens the burdens the, the life situation. And there are plenty of people whose attitude has far more capacity for pain and displacement than others. One person may go berserk because they missed that light, a green light, and there's a red light, where somebody who is in a, a no home or water, food, water, and they have a and they're coping as best they can, and not really on the measurement of just human energy in misery, but they're accepting the burden. Or the, or the, <laughs> the, or the punishment, if you will, of what they've been handed. So, you know, we tend to, a lot of us tend to be spoiled. We get, we get, we 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 react to things that in the big run hardly matter. When you look at our shared humanity across the world and how others are going through what worse things and handling it much better. Now, that isn't to say any particular problem, big or small, shouldn't be addressed and handled with sensitivity and care, but it does mean, come on, wake up. Measure the pain you're in and compare it. Some people may say, well, that's not fair. I can own my pain and I don't have to constantly look at the world to to have to feel a certain way or not feel a certain way, okay, fine. 
fine. That's your pleasure. That's that's fine. But on the other hand, the the, the way we cooperate as human beings is that even in a world of comfort, we're sharing the pain of the world. So, is can, can we really, as <laughs> as full blown human beings, I'm not sure. ever be in a realm of comfort? When there are those suffering around us. Well, I mean, there are. I mean, I disagree with that statement somewhat because there are many people in a world of comfort that give two shits. Sorry, excuse my language about what's going on around them in the world. No, I'm not talking about the reality. I'm talking about idealistically speaking. I'm not talking about reality. I'm talking about idealistically speaking. Can any of us really be in a world of, as long as on a on a human scale, there are suffering. Now, some people have a world of comfort, but they donate, volunteer, they go out into the field, they do everything they can to do whatever they can to alleviate pain in the world or suffering. And then there are those who just whistle a happy tune, and whether they hear about suffering or not, they they may, "Hmm, yeah, that's too bad, and go on as opposed to somebody being active, um, actively engaged. And then there are those who give a shit. They don't care. That's their problem. You hit them once in a while and they go, yeah, it's, a, it's bad, yeah, it's kind of bad, you know. And then they go on their happy way. And there are people who just block, say, I don't care. I really don't care. That's not my problem, but I'm not to save the world, and I'm, I, I don't, I own that. Earlier, there are people that are in a world of comfort that make, <laughs> that, that, you know, make mountains out of molehills in, in, in terms of their yeah. suffering, condition of suffering. Yeah, sure. But if you're, if you're of a compassionate nature, you're going to treat every problem on an individual level. And and so it doesn't the, the degree of pain, uh, subjectively speaking, the degree of pain hardly matters. It's the degree of bringing comfort to those who are distressed, no matter what the idea is. And that that is still a measurement of of being a good human being is that you care, you care about anything about anybody. You show some empathy and understanding and perhaps consolation and help. Now, in a birth date, we get into the business of numerology and, and trying to enhance of what a birth date means in terms of this quality of burden, responsibility, pain, suffering, pleasure. And we try to, we're trying to, and Chris and I are trying to our best to, to bring out of a birth date some figures that have an empirical basis to their interpretation. And at least for myself, over 50 years of doing this, I've gathered enough evidence in my own mind to feel satisfied that there is some sense to reading a birth date beyond the measurement of astrology, things like or, that. Or any, or any standard definition of numerology. Yeah, master numbers and personality profiles and whatnot. And that, I mean, obviously, 
two people can have identical birth dates and the content of the numbers are totally different, even though there may be similarities in the general definitions. Yeah, because as we've said, not every number, not every similar number is similar. There's a, there's a certain energy that one and another one will be, it will be similar. The energy of that one. So some of it is correlated to the other numbers in the birth date. Some of it's correlated to the attitude of the person. Some of it's correlated to the sheer depth of what that number contains. And that gets harder to analyze. Sometimes it takes a proper investigation on a birth date to really get a figure. I mean, even a doctor who's has degrees and license and everything, let's ask questions. Well, this, is your pain this way, that way? Is your eye water this way? Is it, does it feel like there's something? See, they'll ask questions to, in order to assimilate in their mind a clear interpretation of what the problem is. So they have to probe a little bit. And, you know, being psychically gifted doesn't mean that you just are God. Sometimes questions are proper, and sometimes you can have a beautiful ride on like a surfer and just say everything before the person's even opened their mouth. Sometimes it's a mixture. But the idea that as a guide, it's sort of like stopping your car if you're a surfer in your car and looking at the coast line, looking at the waves and determining what kind of waves those are. Are they ideal for surfing? Are they breaking even? Are they close to shore? What's their swell? You, you can look at the, at the ocean and determine. Fishermen do it too. Everybody, to some degree, looks out at the world to determine what state the world is in for any given reason. Numerologists such as ourselves will look at a birth date and start to have a standardized attitude about what that birth date might mean. And over the years, of, without being told anything, there's a, there's a, a large degree of accuracy just in looking at in terms of In terms of psychic information that can be derived from the birth date. Yeah. But this is not just generalizations that are, you know, you know, you use certain generalizations. Are like chakras being associated with the birthdays or themes being associated with the birthday or birth date numbers. When I look at the standardized um, interpretation of numerology, and I just look at it as a standardized interpretation, like most numerologists, you start you start projecting. I saw severely vomiting and change by changing the, the numbers on, on in front of me, smear vomit. No, when you're looking at a standardized birth date, it's almost like a doctor looking at a standardized body. Well, you're short, you're tall, you have pinched nostrils, you're cross-eyed, but you have a nose, you have two, two eyes, two ears, mouth. You have two hands there, ten fingers. See, you can get a standardized, you don't have to be a professional to get a standardized picture 
of a person's statue and body form. And you don't have to be a great numerologist to get a standardized picture of a birth date. It, there's a presentation immediately in front of you. And you can allude to the idea that there is a master number and whatnot, and always, you know, you're born in the summer, you're born in the fall. Here's your master number. Oh, you're a three. Oh, you must be happy. Oh, you're clicking your heels. You're a three. You know, you look seven. Oh, you know, so there's the standardized um, issues. Just like there are doctors who will say, well, when you recommend another doctor for surgery, I heard this doctor was good. No, go to that doctor. Uh, I'm like, I can't tell you why, but I wouldn't I wouldn't take my own wife or brother or sister, or mother or father. Or, what it, or should I get an eye exam at, you know, at Costco? No, no, no. I mean, yeah, but they're trained. You know, they're, they're trained. No, 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 no. Well, you really, you want to get the best. So there's a certain interpretation of what is excellence and what is the, the, the a matter of getting a proper reading, a proper interpretation, which also includes the idea of how a any particular site, and that that we make mistakes too, will misguide you and say, well, this is your burden, or this is your responsibility, or this is something that you came into the world with, or this is something you acquired you're in around negative influences. You know, I, I just met this girl named Nancy, and we're having a great time, but everywhere we go, there's cops. And now there's cops in front of my house. Well, Nancy robbed a bank two years ago. Now, is that, you know, it, can that problem be changed? Yeah, get rid of Nancy. You, you know, that some things are acquired. We have to think about that. Falling down all the time, my knees are, uh, I've got scabs all over my, I broke my foot here. You know, I, this must be something, must be my burden, responsibility. Oh, you're an alcoholic. You drink and you're falling down because you're thinking alcoholic. Well, I mean, to your point about being accurate and having a sense of excellence, I mean, the problem in the world of being psychic is there's no, no I, I, I mean, in licensing, doesn't necessarily matter because, like, you're, for your example, an eye doctor, you can be licensed as an optometrist and work at Costco, and then you can be licensed optometrist and work in the ophthalmologist's office, for example, and be, you know, of high standing. And um, still stink. Yeah, you can. I mean, it depends. So you licensing doesn't necessarily matter. However, in a world of psychic energy where there is no licensing, there is no, there's no regulatory board for psychics. So anyone can claim to be psychic. And we know from experience, there are people that claim to be psychics and they're doing their shows or doing their readings. And unfortunately, misguiding people, I can test the fact that prior to meeting you and developing my own we had psychic abilities, but you know, further further refining my psychic abilities, um, and being someone who encountered their psychics, I, I had psychics that gave me 
horrible advice. Horrible advice that if I would have taken would have led me down a path of destruction for myself. And so it's very dangerous. I mean, when you're getting people in their lives, I mean, you have to be so, so careful and have integrity. And unfortunately, you know, people take it into their own hands to guide. I mean, but again, you can be licensed and guiding people in their lives as a counselor, for example. And there are plenty of of bad psychologists, (laughs) psychiatrists. So yeah. it's, it's I mean, mistakes are inevitable. I, you know, mistakes are measurable. They're 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 part of the equation. Right. We I all mean, make mistakes. Yeah, and we. I. You know, in fact, there is an example. If you're if you're if you're a semi driver, you're going to get into an accident. There's no question. You're if you are a professional truck driver, you will have an accident. Well, and it's that, like, that, well, basically, the, the premise is true. But right. I mean, true. sometimes, yeah. yeah. Of course, there are exceptions. But you know, in 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 that example was used yeah. in a certain situation to compare, um, you know, the the fact that a brilliant doctor can make mistakes. A brilliant doctor can make mistakes. Yeah. We're all vulnerable to imperfection and miscalculations and accidents and things like that. It's hard to it's hard to uh, go through life blemish free. <laughs> I certainly have a few of my own right now. Yeah. Um, um, but do or are there state drivers or cross-country drivers that have never had an accident, never had a flat tire? Yeah. I mean, sure. But but, but you but, have to factor in that mistakes can be. Okay, but on that same token, I mean, when we go back to my example of of being a subject of a psychic reader, and I'm thinking of one particular reading I had, which was, anyway, it doesn't matter, but I, one particular reading I had where the person gave me such bad advice, and this is not just a mistake. I mean, it's I, I don't believe it was just a mistake that psychic made. The psychic was not a good psychic. And business had no business and has no business doing readings and guiding people in their lives because the blunder she made and guiding me and there were other mistakes in the reading other inaccuracies so bad that it could have been i mean you know deadly for me that's that's major that's a major problem yeah sure and so a even a good a good psychic, a good ethical psychic that makes mistakes is probably, well, probably not going to make that could be fatalistic mistakes. The mistakes are probably going to be on the more minor level. I mean, there are some exceptions, I'm sure, sure to that rule, but sure. so you know, I mean, a good a good physician or a good psychic or teacher has a certain amount of caution and care and examination that they put into the energy. Um, how often have you gone to a doctor and they go, well, can I use this on my foot? Or, oh, yeah, that's fine. And then suddenly you have a reaction to it. I mean, there's always something. There's always something that, uh, Roseanne and Dana, there's always something that happens. 
always something that goes wrong. And and that's also part of the consideration. Some people will say, "Well, is it okay? Um, is it okay if I drive if I drive to Northern California on Monday?" Yeah, but I'll say, "Yeah, but you know, drive to then you get common sense. Drive defensively. Why do you see something? Did you see something next to it? No, no, just." Can't no, I mean, you, exactly. Like you're going to say, yeah, drive to Northern California. And probably the ideal speed of travel would be 90 miles per hour. I mean, it's ridiculous if you would say that. I mean, someone who's, who's questioning your uh, advice to drive and drive carefully. I, what are you going to say? Drive, uh, try, drive recklessly? Well, <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous. I question. So the guy was going to drive up to Big Bear or up one of the mountains. And I said, well, did you see a safe trip? I go, no. What do you mean? I got to go there. I, I have to go there. Well, no, I don't see a safe trip. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What did you see? What was going on? I said, well, you're going to have to drive slow. Well, you know, I'm typically I drive about 50 miles an hour. I'm familiar with it. No, no. Go 30. 30, 30, that's going to take me another hour. What? Drive 30, but still go. But drive 30. Well, now you're scaring me, but you think I should go? Yeah, go. But I do see danger. Drive 30, and you'll be fine. The guy was as nervous as hell, called me back at some point and said, wow, I drove 30 like you said. And guess what? And I said, what? He said, a tire went out of a pickup truck and came bouncing towards my windshield. And because I was going 30 and not 30, I swerved and had time to recover, uh, direct the, the, the projectile and get out of harm's way and get out of my lane before I'm coming to came. Thank you. You got that, and I had to go. So you see, sometimes you see a problem. It's weird. You can see a problem, but a good psychic, in this case, psychic, will when we get into now, he had a responsibility to get out there, responsibility to get there, but then he had a burden, and the burden was to drive thirty. The responsibility was to get there. The burden was to drive 30, but acknowledging that what, what to do with that burden, he was able to avoid a further burden and turning the responsibility into nothing but a burden. Can you imagine a tire going through a windshield? Well, yeah, I mean, he may, may I mean, the bur- it may have not even been a burden, he may have been but dead. <laughs> so. It might have been a burial, not a burden. Right. But the, uh, so it gets, you really have look carefully and not get too cocky in reading and I've been accused of that too but no, but you have to be very careful and look very hard at situations that are what course you're taking um, and, you, and you'll know you're in the hands of a careful interpreter no matter what the profession is as soon as you see them work and, no, not and necessarily activity. that's not necessarily true I don't, not necessarily. Which is going to be fooling in the moment. You can, you can, you can establish a relationship with a professional, and it starts out 
very promising and you're, you know you can be impressed with their performance and their attention to detail and then they make errors in down the road or they're negligent that that can happen or they come on sexually or something um, <laughs> you know they make a pass or they have some kind of other in, in going right on. but i mean even lesser than that i mean it can be it can be just yeah, not you know miscalculation, misprescribing, uh, lack of attention, lack of attention to detail, dismissal of you know. Right, humans make errors, no matter what the category. Humans make errors. So on a birth date, what when we're looking at a birth date, some things are pretty obvious. Um, in a birth date, certain numbers, certain combinations. Uh, well, 11, well, well, 29, 0. They, they tend to have a, have a built-in concern. Right, and then, you know, there's, I mean, there's variance in the, the so so you can have straight 11s, 29s in the birth date, you know, depending on their place in the birth date, if the numbers are together versus a split, you know, there's more intensity if the numbers are together, there's a 29 versus if they're maybe placed in different parts of the birth date or if the whole is split rather than together or there's a combination of 11 like today we're at 14 that's an 11 but it's not November so there are different intensity depending on the, um, the position of the birth date and how you how you arrive at those numbers if there's a zero in the karmic number versus a zero in the in the day, yeah, you know, it gets, it gets complicated a little bit. You know, your example of six fourteen being eleven, but the whole month and year and day come at eight. But when you're looking at that side of fourteen, and you have an eleven, you also have to consider well, what else is going on there? There's a six and one and four. Now that made up to an eleven or two. But we can't dismiss the fact of what is the content of that 11. Third eye, root chakra, and heart. Now, we can look at that and interpret it as, as a negative interpretation of those chakra systems, or we can look at it with some sense of advantage. It, it also depends on a person's age. And it's anchored also by what side of the birthday in terms of the year pulls the gravity to one's destiny in spite of the fact that it may be a beware of the eyes of March. You know, 9-11, the eyes of March with Julius Caesar. But the idea that uh, that we have within our, our birthdays a wealth of information that's just not. I, I think today I was asked three or four times, "What's your birth date? What's your birth date? Whether by phone or what's your birth date? What's your birth?" Like that's you know. Well, how does that? What does my birthday have to do with what's ha- happening right now? Well, when you need your birth date. Well, you know, I mean, in some examples, you know. If, sorry, go ahead. You call up and they go, "What you know? You calling? What's your birth date?" You know, we defi- because it's we a code. classification though. You have to classify yeah, people. Yeah, it's a code. I, I asked 
birth date recently, and then they had to further ask, you know, your name. So obviously there were other people in the system at the place I was calling with the same birth date, and then they had to, you know, narrow it down to who I was rather than just my birth date. Well, I wasn't the only unique individual or unique birth date, you, you know. I can't help but think of Ralph Joe Marx being asked, what's your birth date? And him raising his eyebrows saying, why, you got to buy me something? <laughs> um, so uh, not that he said that, but I could see him saying. But I mean, it, it, in, some time, in some cases, you know, we're talking about classification, but in some cases it's pertinent. Age is pertinent. If well, you're sure, going it's a to classification. A, yeah. Right. And if you're going to a doctor, you know, your age, you they want to know your date of birth, of course, and it is used for classification. But beyond that, at a physician's office, they're using it to uh, gauge your age and, yeah, you know, any symptoms that you might be having that might be concurrent with your age or conditions that are associated with. All I'm saying is you know, it's a code. It supplies a code for any given number of reasons. Jack, he'll just say, figure it out, I'm 39 years old. He said that every year. But it supplies a code. And a birth date, we're not seeking so much a birth date in terms of how old you are or in order to classify. We're looking at it as an interpretive scale of life energy. What is, how does a birth date compare to what, who you are, what you're doing, what you've experienced, and what you have yet to accomplish? So what situation? Now it's a different category. Specialize. With the optimum level of supernatural. So now a birthday becomes something that one defines the content of a birthday. And I, that's not looking at astrological signs and making a definition at that point. We're looking at the individual molecules levels of energy year by year, day by day, that a birth date can reveal about a person's life, whether it's past, present, future, or all combined in one capsule. Now, that's different. Unfortunately, being in the field of numerology, being in the field of numerology, we've been able to compare birth dates to statements from people and and devise some adequate calculation as to how a, what a birth date means in a person's life. Even though there's individual variations within any interpretation. So that's what becomes very special. And getting back to our topic of, of burdens and responsibilities, you can look at a birth date and define a burden define a responsibility, define a relationship, define a profession, define a health, one's health, one's creativity, one's degree of upbringing. It's amazing. And I've always been, I'm not a, by nature, I'm not a numbers person. Numbers are personal to me. I'm more in terms of left hand, imagination, like that. that but what I found in the number system, um, what I found in the number system right. was a, a, a 
peculiar, mysterious world of narration. That these weren't just numbers, but they were stories. That's where I became intrigued. How, whatever my other influences I had, and then I was able to set about and follow a certain destiny, obviously, whereby I began to operate theories around birthdays. Now it becomes more than just a birthday. It becomes a theory in, in a progressive state of narration. That's where it gets very, very interesting and intriguing, especially if you're using the subjects of human beings and you have an interest in human beings as, as basic storylines coming into facts and figures. So our stories that we when we do a reading, we present a reading like a story, and yet it's filled with facts and figures. But it's a narration. So numerology is a narration. It's not a mere description. And that's where we and that's our, our and that's our and that's our burden. That's our burden. <laughs> a burden. A, a burden is worth two hands and a, <laughs> and a responsibility. But anyways, that's. That's our it. show. That's, That's it for the day. Folks. Yeah, we're done. We are done and back on at normal hour, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on Friday, this coming Friday, the 17th. Is it not? 14th, 15th? 15th. Yeah, 17th. So with that, we hope you have a great rest of the week and we will speak to you soon. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.